Well, as I mentioned off the top of the show, I'm heading to Vancouver this weekend to run in the easiest way you can run in the BMO Vancouver Marathon, the 50th anniversary edition of the BMO Vancouver Marathon, the quite low-key 8K through Stanley Park, which is a really nice place to run to begin with. So a really big weekend in Vancouver, crowds will be out, people are out, it's going to feel a little bit like maybe old times, one would hope. It's actually the second largest international marathon in Canada. The race was established back in 1972 with just 32 finishers. It attracts all kinds of people running for all kinds of very good causes, including my next guest, lawyer, former politician, cabinet minister, best-selling author, but tonight, runner. Jody Wilson-Raybould, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thanks for having me. I love that introduction, runner. Wow. <laughs> well, you are now. I've been I, obviously I follow you on Twitter. So, so you've been, you've endured some. There was one on April the twelfth that starts. You know, started off and it was nice, and by the time I finished, it was hailing. How has the training been going? How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm uh, I'm not running obviously until Sunday, but uh, yeah, I worked my way up to about thirty for my longest run and um, our Vancouver weather being what it is it was sunny when I started out on a long run and then when I finished it was hailing so god love it but it's going well <laughs> I I think I'm in relatively good shape that I will be able to cross the finish line at the 42.2 kilometer mark <laughs> and you you've picked up all your stuff so you're you're committed that's it right that's that's it you got to go. I've, I mean, you pick- I've committed and I've put it on Twitter and other social media pictures. So there's evidence. And if I don't do it, then uh, um, shame on me. But I'm so happy that you're coming to do the 8K, Ben. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done absolutely no training because I was in Paris with my mom last week for her 75th birthday. So I didn't train then, although we walked a lot, but I ate a lot. Uh, and then I've been working. So I'm just hoping I can wing it. And I'm just a bit, I'm a bit older than you are. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't we'll uh, we'll uh, crawl across the finish line if we have to together. So yeah, <laughs> I love I love the descriptions on the website of these runs. Mine was running through tranquil shade of cedar and hemlock in Stanley Park. I'm like, that sounds so calm and beautiful. Yours, all 26.2 miles of it, is an adventure past beaches through natural parks and along Vancouver's seawall. Apparently, 70 percent of the marathon run is shoreline views and stunning scenery. So it sounds very nice. I, I read the same thing and I took out my friend and I, we drove as much as we could the marathon route yesterday and it was very scenic. I imagine when I do it on Sunday, it won't be as lovely as it was yesterday, but it's for a good cause. As you say, I'm running for a good cause. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about the good cause because, you know, in, in these events, people always run for something that's close to them, close to their hearts. And in this case, uh, that's true of, of the, the funds that you're raising here it is i um this will be my third marathon and i always run them to raise money for charity this this time i'm running for alzheimer's and um the support that we've received from so many people from all over um in terms of their donations has been extraordinary and i'm so grateful for it um and i know it you know alzheimer's touches so many um people and families and for me um my uh, my mother, my grandfather had Alzheimer's for 15 years before he passed away. So I'm doing this in honor of him and in honor of so many um, individuals that have suffered with dementia and, and their family who who live with them and, and help them through it. So that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, you had a really nice, you wrote something really nice about, about your grandfather, uh, James Raymond Hindle, 
when you were describing why you were running and why you were raising money for Alzheimer's. And some of your memories of them are really, are really lovely. It's amazing because it's back, it goes back a while now, but clearly even as a teenager, those memories really stuck with you. Yeah, I, I tried to impart some of, you know, the more positive realities of, of having somebody close to you that is suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's. And my uh, my grandfather would have very lucid moments once in a while, and I benefited from, from some of those. I mean, I remember I wrote on um, the website how we used to watch television together, and he loved this show called Hogan's Heroes, and I'm 51, so I'm old enough to remember the reruns of it. But, yeah, we used to talk about it, and I remember him when we lived in Victoria, taking me to um, the Hillside Mall and getting ice cream. So some good memories of it's my It's still there. The Hillside yeah. Mall is still there, being in Victoria. I remember Hogan's just, Heroes, too. I used to watch it. It's very now. <laughs> it is very different. I can imagine. I didn't know it back when. Um, you, you, that's, you've, um, I mean... How is that? You, you kind of rediscovered running. You, you write that it was a couple of years ago. What, what led you to, what led you to start running again? I can tell you why I did. I, I was, I hadn't run in a long time and I lost a job and you know, you go through that kind of, ugh, and then you think I got to do something. I got to do something to clear my head. Yeah. And I just started running yeah. and it was just, that's just what happened. I started running and I thought, this is better than sitting in a pub. <laughs> this is better than a lot of other things I could be doing to try to drown my sores. There's sort of that adrenaline rush yeah. you get. So that's how why I started again. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not the exact same reason, but I transitioned, as you said, at the top of the show, I transitioned from um, um, being um, a member of parliament, which I loved. Um, and um, COVID, the COVID reality hit us a couple of years ago, and I found myself actually baking banana bread at the beginning of being like locked up in isolation and then um i decided to get out and start walking and then that gradually led into one day my body telling me it was time to start running again and like you it gave me a lot of um time to think about things and and the runner's high and clarity and through running um i was able to write a lot and yeah it's kind of stuck with me and my body remembered um the marathons that I did some 15 and more years ago. So I actually love it now. And I imagine if I'm able, when I cross the finish line, I imagine I will continue to, to run on a regular basis because it does give me that, um, it makes me very healthy and uh, gives me that um, clarity of thought, which I really value. Is it different running now than, than when you were younger? Do you, did you feel, I mean, I, for me, it was different. It felt like I did it for different reasons or I felt different doing it. It wasn't sort of like just another thing on the list that I had to be good at. It was more something that was actually kind of tranquil and enjoyable. Well, for me right now, it's, it's, it's more tranquil and enjoyable. When I was younger, when my body recovered a lot more quickly, it was, I was always wanting to, to better my time. Now I'm going to be slow and steady, I hope anyway, and listen to some music as I, as I do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said to myself when I turned 50, which is when I signed up for the 50th BMO marathon, that I would be in shape when I turned a half a century. And I accomplished that. So I'm proud of it. And I uh, um, want to continue to to live that healthy lifestyle. It makes, uh, it makes me feel a lot better, <laughs> for sure. We wanted to ask you, because we were talking about it today, and I have some really eclectic things. Actually, one of the only reasons I really love running is so I can listen to music. What do you listen to? What are your, what are your go-to tunes when you're out there? 
Oh my gosh, a whole bunch of different things. I love listening to piano music. George Winston is one of my favorites. Um, But this is going to sound a bit bizarre. I like to listen to slow um, ballads, kind of going back to my high school years in the 1980s. The slower the music, the memories flood in from my you know, experiences over the years. And it just takes me there. And then I get lost in thought. And, and some, somehow I, I get lost in the fact that I'm actually running mile after mile. So that's kind of what I listen to. Elton John, I right. love him. Billy Joel. Elton John, Billy Joel. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I was remembering all those songs from, you know, the 84, 85, little Billy Ocean in there maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you have to have some kick, some kick, you know, beats, like really fast beats, like interspersed, but mostly soft kind of tranquil stuff is what I listen to. I know it's kind of boring, but I like it. No, it's it's interesting what what gets people uh, what gets people motivated. You know, I think whatever you think works for you is what you need. Just need to put yourself in that right space. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, yeah. Well, I can't. I mean, I, I was. I wanted to ask you a bit about about your uh, about your new. You've been writing. You mentioned. I want to ask you a bit about a book you have coming out at the end of the year. Uh, we'll just mm-hmm. jump away for a few minutes and then come back. Come right back. I'll ask you about that. I'm speaking with Jody Wilson Raybould. We're talking running tonight because uh, <laughs> Jody Jody will be running the uh, the marathon on Sunday, the 50th BMO Vancouver Marathon. We tried to dig up some Billy Joel for you. I don't know if you're already running uh, to it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. We had to stop playing mine because mine are sort of all obscure 80s dance records. I don't don't ask. Oh. So after a while, I think we're going to start driving listeners away. Um, I noticed you, you have a new book coming out in, in, in the fall uh, about reconciliation. So this is some of the writing you've been doing while you haven't been running. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I have a new book coming out in November of, of year um it's it's uh, entitled true reconciliation how to be a force for change so yeah i've been um not only writing but yeah running so that's kind of been occupying my time but yeah i'm really excited about it it's um uh essentially a practical guide to answer the question that i'm asked more than any other question um throughout my my time in and public life about how can I, um, or what can I do to advance reconciliation? So I think to, to answer that question based on my experience, both as a former regional chief, as a minister, an MP, and um, as a proud Indigenous person who's been advocating for the advancement of Indigenous rights and implementation for decades. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Was it a different kind of process than writing your than writing the last book? It must have been because you know, I obviously I read read your last book, but it was it it uh, must have been a different process in terms of just trying to put the words down, try to figure out a narrative how you wanted to tell. Yeah, I mean it's um, a, a different process for sure. Um, I mean we talked about COVID earlier and how it gave me time to to run. Um, it I mean all the very public. Um, a reality that um, transpired for me in moving out of, of government, you know, being able to sit back and reflect about it um, enabled me to write Indian in the cabinet and tell of my experience in, in government. And this book is, I'd say it's a collaboration. I mean, I've had the fortune to work with so many people um, in the various um, positions that I've been fortunate enough to hold. And um, this is um, something that's kind of writing itself in that um, the work that Indigenous peoples have been doing to effect true reconciliation has been going on for a long time. 
Um, and what I seek to do is to retell the history of this country for one, um, not simply from a one-sided perspective, but tell the true history of, of Canada through the voices of Indigenous people. Um, but also, as I said, I've had the fortune of working with many people over the years and, and putting forward practical solutions that um, Indigenous peoples have been putting forward and, um, you know, um, elevating and, and supporting and, and celebrating Canadians who more than ever um, in, in my time as an Indigenous leader um, are wanting to see change, not just performative reconciliation, which we're seeing more and more of right now, but actual true reconciliation that will transform the lives of Indigenous peoples and Canadians generally. And um, for me, that's inspiring that Canadians probably in a great degree because of the revelations of the mass graves at residential schools and so many other realities, but uh, want to be involved in, in, in this important work, which I think is one of the biggest public policy issues facing our country. So I hope that, you know, this, this book contributes towards that or at least gives people some ideas of what they can continue to do, ideas for individuals, organizations, and, and certainly governments. I imagine this was something that you felt the timing was right, that the we, people were ready to hear not only what you had to say, but also ready to understand what you had to say as well. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, I mean, more than ever with the reality of the, of the residential schools and, and um, the findings that have come more to light for so many people and, and, and people really wanting to, to understand the true history and what they can do um, and how they can be, whether one calls oneself an agent of change or um, calls oneself an in-betweener, which I and um, I'm a really good friend of mine like to call people, how we can bridge between um, different worlds, between Indigenous and, and non-Indigenous communities and how we can act to create that change, whether that be through changing laws and policies or doing individual acts um, as um, people or within organizations. There's a lot of different um, things that we can do. Um, and we have great examples. And I look to in this book to celebrate those examples, but also to point out or debunk a lot of the myths that are out there or to call out individuals that say this is too complicated or too hard. Um, you know, true reconciliation with Indigenous peoples in this country is long overdue. And and uh, when we um, move forward um, together and recognize our interdependency, I think uh, we as a country will do far better. It certainly sounds like an inter an interesting project if it's both sort of guide and history and myth-busting. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it. So November, November of this year. In November the 8th, uh, in in stores near you, yeah. I'll be talking about uh, it more in, in the lead-up, but I'm excited about it. Lots of work to do uh, before then, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, just before I let you go, if we get, are you, so what are your plans for the next 48 hours that are you just going to put your feet up and, and save all your energy? Cause that's what I'm planning on doing. Although I have to get to Vancouver, but uh, what are your plans for yeah. between now and Sunday morning? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do a bit of writing tomorrow, but I am going to be very low key. I'm not going to run or anything like that. And I'm going to eat. Um, try and eat a lot of carbs and just relax and, uh, you know, look forward to, to Sunday coming and I'm I'm so grateful to you Ben for signing up and being part of our our team and and running the 8K and for giving me the opportunity to talk to 
to your audience and, you know, put a pitch in for um, people if they are so inclined to, to donate to, to Alzheimer's. It's a really worthwhile cause and you can go onto the BC Alzheimer's website and, and look up sponsor an event and you'll find uh, my name and our team. So I would yeah. very much appreciate any support that we could have. Yeah, you've almost reached your goal. I saw uh, Dia is the name of the team, by the way. Which uh, I, I won't. I won't. I'll let you explain what it means. Um, I, I read it, but I'll let you, you can explain what it means if you yeah. like. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm Kwakwakiwak, and our language is Kwakwala. In our language, um, Dia or Dia means um, dear one, um, beloved, essentially, and that's what my my grandfather was to me, and that's. That's why I'm running to support those um, people that uh, that need our support. So yeah, Team Dia, um, big purple hearts, and uh, um, there's about ten of us that are running and walking, and some are doing virtual runs um, in support. So I'm really excited. We I set a goal of twenty five thousand and fifty dollars, and we're about twenty two thousand. So I'm really happy that we're almost at the goal, and I'm determined to get there. <laughs> Jody Wilson-Raybould, I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Best of luck if I don't. And uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks for having me.